You are listening to Australia's tax news podcast, Tax Talks, the podcast for Australian tax professionals. Welcome to episode 49 of Tax Talks. This is Heide Robson. Earnout arrangements are part of almost every deal involving the sale or purchase of a professional practice and also very common in many other industries. But how do we treat these earnout arrangements for tax purposes when we don't know yet what the final payment will be one or three or five years down the track? Here's Patrick Huang of Argo Lawyers walking us through the tax treatment of earnout arrangements. Earnouts are contractual rights that either a vendor or a purchaser has, which mitigates the risk of performance of the business going forward. So, for example, um, if the purchaser, purchaser is saying, there's a question mark over the future profitability of the business, I'm not prepared to pay this much as much up front, then it also says, okay, that's fine, um, provided that I can meet, provided the business can meet certain targets, then I get the full payout, Give us, give us, say, for example, 80% upfront, 20% will be held and, and, and subject to an earnout. So that is a way in which to mitigate any sort of uncertainty about future performance of the business. And that's probably very relevant for startup companies, isn't it? Or do you also see it a lot with more normal, traditional, small, small business entities, or is it more in the startup scene that this is relevant? It applies in any sort of scenario. It, it, it spans it spans the entire spectrum, all the way from startups up until the very to the very end as well. I had one client that I did a sale of an accounting business with, and there was a provision in there where five percent of the purchase price was held in escrow, pending the performance. the performance of the business in relation to revenue, as in mm. certain revenue targets had to be met. Probably very common for all professional services. Yes, that yes, sold. yes, yes. And I can it, imagine it almost always includes a certain earnout arrangement. And it's you know, it, it's it's a very it's a very common um, clause. clause or or sort of provision that's been used mm-hmm. in commercial deals. It's it's very very common, mm-hmm. um, particularly in particularly for professional services like accountants and financial planners. The key point to raise here is what the tax treatment is and how it impacts the CGT concessions. Previously, so obviously there is this, just two approaches in which to consider the tax treatment of earnouts. One is a look-through approach. The other is a separate asset approach. Look-through approach is where the the earnout right itself is disregarded, and you look through that earnout, look through to actual business itself. And the and the earnout right itself takes the character of the of the asset that's been sold. So for small for disposal CGT concessions, where you dispose of your small where you dispose of your earnout right, provided the concessions apply, then it's also entitled to concessions as well. Mm-hmm. So for, under the look through approach, you you disregard the earnout right as such, and you wait for the actual payments. And then you take the actual payments as the that's as right. The income. That's right. And you would and there's a sort of amendment approach to your tax yes, return. Yes, and then you go back and amend the original tax original return, tax return, and then yeah. include the payments that happened later. Yes. 
And I think it's a CGT event D1 or something. It is a... It's either D1 or C2. Ah, okay. It's either D1 or C2. Uh, one is creating an asset, one is ending or, or the like, but you're right. Yeah. Generally speaking, when you given when you bring an end to an asset, what is the CGT event? Is it is it C two or D one? That's what I want. That's what I want to find. That's all. I have D one in my head. D one is creating rights. C two, C two is cancellation, surrender, and similar endings. When we create the earnout right, would that be a D1 event? Oh, yeah, I mean, that would be a D1 event when we yes. create the look-through right. Mm -hmm. And then when the extra payments happen, we have a cancellation of that right yep. and then have the extra payments coming through that then attach to the original CGT event. Yes. So when the when the, when the right is originally created, you make a gain. If there's proceeds from creating it, there's hardly going to be none. Exactly any, so it's just zero. Mm -hmm. But when you receive the monies pursuant to an outright, you get a capital gain. Yeah, and it, and and that payment basically attaches itself to the original CGT event that happened when the rest um, of the company was sold. In a, in a, it's attached in a sense that it gets the same treatment as if it were part of the sale itself, the small business CGT sale itself. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned two approaches. Yes. And we just spoke about the, um, the look, look through, through approach. approach so far. And yes. I think that's the only approach that applies legally now, isn't it? I think we previously we had the, the other approach. Yes. So the other approach is uh, it's a, little, it's a little bit more complicated than that, but I'll get into that. The other approach is called the separate asset approach whereby there's no look-through. The earnout right is treated as a separate CGT asset with its own tax profile, its own cost base, its own everything. Um, it's, it's entirely disconnected from, the, um, it's disconnected from the treatment of how the original small business sale occurred. Entirely different. So obviously taxpayers and tax professionals don't like that because it's it's just not connected with the actual sale itself it's it's sort of a, a disfigurement yeah and that would also affect the um, small business CGT concessions because if we treat the earnout right as a separate asset that has that is not connected to the mm -hmm. sale then it probably doesn't qualify for the CGT concession precisely the point precisely the point and under TR 2007 D10, um, at that, up to that point in time, the ATO has adopted that separate asset approach, mm -hmm. which meant you can't. Which, which meant, meant that you, which meant that the earnout right won't be able to access the small CGT business CGT concessions. Mm -hmm. And then you had new legislation that came in. It was formalized in 2015, where they introduced a new concepts called the look through earnout right. Um, this is contained in subdivision 118. I of of ITA ninety seven, so ways where you're able to satisfy that an earnout is a look through earnout right, then the look through approach is mm -hmm. adopted. Which means that. it attaches itself to the sale of the business, which means you can apply the CGT concession. Effectively, to yes. Effectively, that's 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 what it is. Effectively, 
mechanically, based, mechanically the way it works is um, when you dispose of the look through or not write, any capital gain or loss is disregarded. The cost base, you know, there's an adjustment to the cost base to the buyer in terms of the additional amount that's being paid. There's an additional period of review to allow an amendment of tax returns. You're able to a, make any further elections under the CGT provisions, which might include the CGT cap elections for super purposes. Um, it interacts with the CGT provisions, CGT small business concession provisions, and there's capital loss integrity rules as well. So mm-hmm. yes, everything that you talk, talked about there, it's all there. The normal amendment periods don't apply to these look-through earn-out rights mm-hmm. because these earn-out rights might be paid after two or four years. They might be paid later, but then the amendment period is still open to that's go right. back and Yes, that's right. Provided, provided that your earn-out right satisfies requirements of being a look-through earn-out right, and it's, it's actually quite, quite strict in the sense that there are six requirements. The earn-out right is a right to future financial benefits not reasonably ascertainable at the time. The relevant transaction, the original transaction, is an A1 event. So this, so in that sense, um, in terms of business succession within the family, it might not apply. There's got to be a sale of an active asset. The provision of the benefit has to be made within five years. So if you provide the benefit within within six years or after six years, then it won't be a look-through earn-out Okay, right. so the time limit on an earn-out right is five years. It's five years. One of the requirements. Mm. Obviously, you've got the you've got a contingency element in there and it's got to be an arm's-length transaction. Again, that touches upon upon whether or not you could use the earn-out right in a context of family succession. Arguably, there's no need for that because there's no because it's all within the family. There's no need for a look through. Right? You, you said before this wouldn't apply in a family business situation. Why? Why is that? I, I'm talking about in a sense that um, people talk about small business CG concessions in the context of a person selling to a third party. There is nothing stopping in the context of where there's a family involved, and say, for example, the main person has children and the children want to continue running the business. Um, there's nothing in the CGT, the CGT small business concession provisions which stops the that person from selling the business to his children and still, and still claim the concessions. What I'm saying is that given that it is all within the family, um, having an earn-out right may not be appropriate. And if you do want to get the earn-out right um, and get the look-through approach, you may not be able to get it because it's not in an arm's-length transaction. It could be if it's structured in an arm's-length sort of manner, mm, but, but it's a little the, bit difficult. The question of whether the payment was contingent or not might be contested. True, that's true. Particularly in, particularly in the context where you're just simply selling to your children as well. Mm. It, just, it just raises sort of alarm bells if they want to do that. And in any case, um, given it, it all it is all within the family, I don't see why that you want to utilize this 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 um, this provision. But yes, it is entirely possible to um, to use the CG concessions in the context of internal family business section. Hmm. That's that's a that's a good point to 
point out because I think, a lot, as you said, I think mm-hmm. most people think of these small business CGT concessions in terms of selling to a third party, mm-hmm. but it can also be applied to sales within the fa- family. Yes, and also to do... Transition in, planning. Yes, and it, it can also, I mean, in a sort of related way, it could also be used to minimise the costs of doing restructures. So, for example, um, if you want to restructure your restructure a business that you hold personally into a company or a trust and for whatever for and for whatever reason you're not able to get the restructure rollovers or the CGT rollovers for whatever reason and but you still satisfy the CGT concessions you could probably still use the CGT concessions and minimize your the CGT payable mm. um, it's a possibility um, mm. that clients should consider and it might be of great advantage because the senior business owner could sell to their children at quite a high price, which means the children then have quite a high cost base for the um, for the business, meaning future capital gains are lower. But at the same time, when the senior passes, yes. then all of that money goes to the um, children tax-free anyway as part of the testamentary trust. In a in a way that is in a way that that is right. To how because that's we don't have inheritance tax in Australia. Yes, that's right. That's right. If it goes into super, then it's a different topic. But if yes. it just goes directly to the uh, to the mm-hmm. children through the testamentary trust, then it's tax free. Particularly if you're using it as a mechanism to try to give an, a quote unquote uplift in the cost base, then that's possible. Subject to Part Four A, of course. Part of Part Four A, because it still needs to make sense. It can't be. It has to be. It has to be. It has to be. In terms of Part Four A language, it's got to be. um, You've got to satisfy the various tests to ensure that the purpose of doing this transaction is not just for a tax purpose. That's getting into Part Four A language and world. So this was a very quick overview of the tax treatment of earn-out rights to date. Broadly speaking, if you're able to get the look-through earn-out treatment, then that is a good thing. If not, and you're unable to satisfy those requirements, then um, TR 2007-D10 and the separate asset approach would apply. Welcome back. So if the vendor who qualifies for a small business CGT concession, it is really important that the earnout arrangement is a look-through earnout right, an LTER, so that the uh, CGT concession can cover the earnout payments under that arrangement as well. Over the next three episodes, episode 50 to 52, Peter Adams will talk about Division 7A loans, payments and debt forgiveness. Until then, thank you for listening. Bye for now and see you in the next episode.